and welcome back to the cauldron. I don't know if you can hear my dog snoring in the background, but I'm going to leave her because she's not well. I had scheduled a panel discussion about social media's impact on the craft, but we're going to release that episode in the next week or two. And instead, today's episode is from the Magic, Myth and Meaning series in which we explore witchcraft in art, literature, film and music. I have a guest host today, journalist and black cord priest of the 13th House Mystery School, John Threlfall. John has a particular interest in representations of witchcraft in film and pop culture. In this episode, he interviews director and documentary filmmaker Rama Rao about her recently released documentary, The Coven. One of my areas of specialty is popular culture, representation of witchcraft in popular culture. So I was very excited to see this documentary coming out and to uh, be able to watch it. I thought it was a really great opportunity to talk to you today. Yeah, I, uh, you know, the more people I talk to about the film, the more witches and warlocks I meet and mm. wizards. It's just been fabulous because it's such a huge world out there that's not quite known to everyone. And it was really exciting to make this film and meet people across the world. I'm sure. The um, Have you run into people, like people who identify themselves as witches who are actually using the term warlock? Uh, yeah, I, I think I have. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm trying to remember because I know I filmed in several covens mm -hmm. and they did call themselves warlocks. And they uh, okay. actually... You know, now that you ask, most of them call themselves <laughs> witches. Well, that's it. Yes. It's a bit of a, it's it a bit of a contentious, yes. yeah, it's a bit of a contentious term. Uh, within okay, the craft. then so it's me, totally me. Some, no, 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 it's fine. Um, some, some traditions use it, some traditions do not. Um, I've just used witch myself, so mm -hmm. that's fine. Yes, I do think I met witches. Great. Okay, so let's start there. Mm -hmm. uh, the obvious place to kick off is why the interest in witchcraft for this documentary and what sparked your initial curiosity? Um, I grew up in India and growing up in a culture that accepts the supernatural. Like I remember my earliest memories, uh, you know, we used to be taken to uh, shamanistic rituals. And uh, as a six-year-old, you're standing there and you're looking and you're seeing the shaman dance and, and uh, the oracle tell uh, foretell the future. And it was all considered perfectly normal. We'd go back home and eat a bit of dinner and sleep. Uh, and then the next day, you know, the, the elders would talk about it. And for me, it was always, and, and then as, as I grew up into a teen, I started obsessing with King Arthur and I don't mm. know, it was just this normal, natural flow. And, and I've always been fascinated by the other. And for me, um, I, I, I've been making so many films and I make films with a very specific feminist lens mm -hmm. and it was just, I think, the zeitgeist, and we just because we had made a very successful film about burlesque legends, so we said, okay, what what else is fun and great and really uh, fun to turn on its head? Because I like taking something and and surprising people by looking at it with a completely different um, lens. Mm -hmm. So um, someone said witches, and my producer said, would you be interested? I said I would be offended if you didn't ask me to make that film <laughs> <laughs> because. I remember even growing up, my brother, um, he would say something or he'd try and push me. And then as soon as he turned around, he'd stub his toe and he'd say, which, which to me. 
Oh, interesting. <laughs> and I accepted it with a lot of pride, you know. Um, oh, I never oh. really uh, thought of practice, serious practice as a witch, only because I'm born Hindu. Like, you know, we, <laughs> we, we see it all around us. So for me, it has always been a natural acceptance of, of women's power, of, of the other, of, of supernatural, of the magical, mm. really, in everyday mm. life. So it was just this natural extension of, oh, this looks really interesting. And, oh, my God, has it got a revival? I'd love to make a documentary and see how people are thinking about witchcraft today. So that was you really know, how it started. You know, it's pretty fascinating hearing you say all that because, you know, from from our perspective, from the sort of the insider perspective, uh, there's been a number of revivals of witchcraft since the 1960s. And it seems like it's always popping back up again into culture, into uh, contemporary practice. And people are constantly rediscovering it, which is fantastic from our, our perspective. Um, did you know much about the Canadian history of witchcraft prior to doing this project? Um, the, I can't um, say... Sorry. No, no, I was just going to say the, uh, the logical touchstone there is um, a director named Donna Reed back in 1989 did a series of National Film Board documentaries uh, called the Goddess Remembered series. And I was just wondering if that was something you had been familiar with. Uh, I don't think I was familiar at all with the Canadian um, witchcraft scene or the okay. films made. And I don't even think I've watched those films by the NFB that hmm. uh, were made, the Goddess Remembers. But that's also because I wanted to approach it with a very fresh look. So to me, totally. it, it was really like, you know, I truly believe that younger women are looking for something beyond the patriarchal uh, monotheistic religions that they are offered. And I do think, because I have a niece in New York who absolutely claims to be a witch. She has a little coven of her friends and they light candles. And, you know, for me, it was very important to make this film without having any dogma, without saying this is how witches are, you know, because mm. that is what religion does to us. And we are all trying to get away from mainstream religion. So I wanted that freedom, which is why You'll see the film exploring Wicca, uh, spirituality, or animism. It's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as long as you know your own potential and try to look for it. And I also think that the environmental crisis that we are in right now is making us, uh, as, a, as a generation, go back to nature, you know? And uh, I think that's where the, the rise in interest in witchcraft has come um, as far as I can see. Which is interesting because that's exactly what happened in the 1960s when it started rising uh, popularly the first time again. It was the rise in feminism. It was the rise in ecology at that time that was bringing it onto people's radar. Um, how did you choose your subjects? You're mentioning the, the young women and uh, looking for some sort of uh, alternative to the patriarchal religions. Um, did you find one person who led you to the others or did you put out a call for participants? Um, when I start a documentary, I always tell everyone I know that this is what I'm planning to do next. And I'd love to for you to you know put the word out. And mm. I said, I'm looking for uh, you know young women who are just looking at either witchcraft or Wicca, anything like I'm, I'm I don't. I, honestly, I, I must have barely knew what I was looking for. And that's how a mm. documentary is. Because the minute you have, uh, you put on these glasses and say, this is what I want, then, you know, it, it just starts getting very formulaic. So I just told everyone I knew. And then an art director in on a set said, oh, my God, my friend is a witch. I'll, I'll put you on to her. And that's how I met Laura. Oh, and okay. then someone else told us, oh, okay, I may, I may know someone who runs a coven. And that's how we met Anne-Marie. So Laura and mm. Anne-Marie 
Grey Moon were one of the first witches we met. And I found it fascinating because Anne-Marie was all about, oh, I'm third uh, gardenerian. And she was very uh, uh, strict about what a witch could be. And yes. that fascinated me because um, I've been reading, I was doing my research by then. And then Laura had absolutely no clue. And you'll actually see in the film, the progress and the pandemic kind of helped because we couldn't shoot. And I think she was growing in her um, practice. So mm -hmm. I think you'll really see the ch difference and the change. And um, that's how I met Laura. And she just said, yeah, you can follow me. And she herself had no idea what she was, what she was looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, but all I asked is, can we film you as you go about your ritual? So that's Laura. And then uh, Andra was actually part of Anne-Marie's coven when we met her. And she very casually said, yeah, you can talk, talk to me and you know, we can chat a little bit. And I'm also planning to go to Romania. So I thought, oh, isn't that interesting? Wouldn't we f have a real film on our hands then? And then I came to a full stop because we had a transgender person of color and they were finding it very difficult um, to be in the film, although I had filmed them, uh, filmed a trailer. And they said, you know what, it, it's more than being trans, coming out as a witch, it's going to, my life's in danger because they were from Nigeria and it was really mm. hard for them to be in the film. And honestly, this is just a film. I don't want anyone to lose their life over it. So we decided no. Um, and then we kept looking. And all I knew was I wanted a person of color. Uh, I wanted something completely different from um, the, the the norm, you know. Some and I and so I just stumbled upon <laughs> Leilani, and it was fascinating that she had already called herself witch prophet, and I just literally called her out of the blue. I made a cold call, and I said, "Hey, I'm making a documentary. Would you be interested?" And she lives in a farm outside uh, Toronto. And we went, my producer and I went to meet her, and we told her this is what we're doing, and she said, "Yeah, I'll be in your film," and that's how. Um, which prophet joined our film and that's when I knew it was a nice round number you know I wanted three and sure. I knew we have a real cross-section of different experiences so that's how I found my characters it's pretty remarkable the uh, the people you've chosen to follow because um, you know Laura with her connection to Salem and Scotland uh, Lelani going down to New Orleans and visiting the Black Witch University and Andrew's uh, journey to Romania and meeting you know, the, the wonderful uh, Romanian priestess there. That whole sequence was just fantastic. Uh, it was really exciting to watch it all unfold. Did you know, like with Laura, let's talk about Laura specifically, uh, given her connection to Salem, given her connection to Scotland, did you know any of that going in or was that discovered while the documentary was happening? I had no idea, neither did Laura. And oh. all I knew was she was looking for something, right? She was a seeker witch and that's all we knew. She was a solitary seeker witch. She was, you know, in this little condo in Toronto and all I knew going in was I don't want to make a pop culture film. I don't want white girls wearing black nail polish and passing themselves off as witches. That I knew what I didn't want. And sure. I knew I didn't want to do Halloween and I knew I didn't, you know, that Salem, like, yeah, whatever. Um, so I, that's what I knew that I didn't want. But one day Laura says, oh, you know, I have an aunt whom I've never met and I'm, she may be doing an ancestry. So my mom thought, why wouldn't I go meet her? And I thought that the aunt was in Scotland for some reason. I thought she was away in Europe. And I was like, oh, we don't have the budget. What, what do we do? What do we do? And I kept telling my producer, I think we should at least film a Zoom session. And then I asked Laura, I said, where's your aunt? And she says, Northern Ontario. I was like, oh. And we, <laughs> <laughs> and we took a crew and we went. And honestly, that 
day when the aunt tells her you're the great 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 granddaughter of a witch who was hanged in Salem our jaws dropped like we couldn't move we, I barely mm. knew what I was doing and I even now my the hair on my arm is standing up and the sound guy afterwards turns to me and says hey did you know this I said I had no idea and I called up my producer I'm like you have no idea what we just filmed yeah that's great yeah. It, it took the documentary in a very dramatic turn at that oh, point god yes she discovered you know? that but this and is, all of a this sudden is the there's joy. this direct connection yeah this yeah. is the joy of making a documentary of of the truth you know Mm-hmm. Well, I read in your bio, uh, one of the things it said was uh, you enjoy bringing real stories and emotions to the screen. And uh, I think that really comes through in this piece as well. Uh, you know, these stories that you're telling do have that sense of authenticity to them. Thank you. Um, I think my job as a storyteller really is to find the characters, find the story and then get out of the way. Hmm. You had mentioned the pandemic earlier. Um, give me a sense of the timeline for this project. What was the turnaround from the initial idea to the final cut? I think it was between three to four years even because okay. the pandemic, we lost an entire year, right, during lockdown. Right. So we had met Laura just before and then funding took a while. Um, right. So I would say out outward of three years. Okay. Yeah. Was, was the funding for the travel built into it? Like the the ability to go to Scotland and Salem and New Orleans and Romania, was that all built into it uh, as well? Going in, we didn't know we'd have travel. We honestly, we thought we'd have archival footage because mm. in my mind, I was making a film about women's anger. In mm. my mind, I thought I'll have politicians, you know, the witch hunt, you know, how Trump keeps using witch hunt. To, yeah. I, I thought I was making a film like that. And I was like so dissatisfied and I had no idea how to deepen it. And then suddenly this fell into our lap, you know, where and then I was like, oh, my God, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be three journeys uh, and three witches finding their own path through the journeys. And then we put took out all the money that we had for archival and we put it into travel. Oh, the um, I, I love that idea of a, a documentary about women's anger. That could be your <laughs> another project oh, entirely yeah. where specifically on that faith based one where you're looking at women in different faiths and their sense of anger and what they're doing about it. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who would you say is your perceived audience for Coven? Uh, is it for the general public? Is it for other young witches who are looking to find out more about the craft? I think my core audience is women of mm. different ages. That's, mm. you know, definitely my, uh, all my films, actually, what I make is always, they're always feminist and always for women, because I think women have been silenced so long mm. uh, that we need to hear each other. So that would definitely, and among them, if there are witches, even better. Mm. And then the larger audience would be, I think, you know, people who are interested in stories that are out of the ordinary that are interested in the supernatural and magic in in past life uh, experiences, and of course, ex- uh, tra- you know, really experienced or experiencing witchcraft themselves. I think that would be a huge um, audience there too. Um, mm. So for for sure, I think we. Um, and then, of course, there's a bigger audience of festivals and TV. You know, th- th- those are the, our tertiary audiences that come in later. Sure. It's played, speaking of festivals, it's played at both Hot Docs and Doxa uh, already in Toronto and Vancouver. Uh, how has the audience reaction been to it? Are you hearing favorable things back? Oh, we had sold out audiences in Hot Docs for both the screenings. Um, and, you know, I, I've had young women, older women come to me and say, oh, thank you for making this film. I've had witches come to me, flowers being thrown at me saying, <laughs> thank you. You know, it's just beautiful. Um, that, and I think... I 
think honestly, I think mainstream media has villainized, has marginalized the term witch so much um, that and 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 I remember telling people this is not at all anything to do with the Christian version of of witchcraft or what mm-hmm. of what or what mainstream religion has taught you to think. It's and I think that's so important for us to each think of uh, think independently of um, what we're told to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fascinating that you chose to focus on younger witches in this. We do see the older witches who are running the covens and, uh, you know, bringing that voice of experience. But when you think about younger witches today who have grown up in the age of the Internet, they've grown up after Harry Potter, for example. Uh, They've grown up at a time when there are so many books out there about uh, witchcraft and uh, paganism that it's constantly surprising to me as somebody inside the movement that it's new to people still that there's people discovering this for the first time that they aren't aware of a lot of uh, the things that you're talking about in this film um, you'd mentioned earlier the idea of the zeitgeist uh, did it surprise you that the young women in the film didn't seem to have a lot of connection to the idea of modern paganism? Like we never see them referencing any specific book or talking about things like, oh, I watched Harry Potter as a kid and that really inspired me. Uh, Was that a surprise to you? Um, I'm always constantly surprised by how little people read, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not a slur on any of the people. No, no, not at all. But you know what I mean. Um, I I think Sabrina the Witch, I think honestly, um, the older generation, and I put myself in the older generation, I think we read more, but I think today's generation watches more TV. That's just the way it is. So Mm. I think this generation was definitely influenced by TV shows. And uh, like I said, Sabrina, Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, it's it's those kind Mm -hmm. of shows that were referenced. But um, I, I don't think at all that they get in in a conscious way. Because I, I don't think it's about, oh, I'm going to research this and see if I'm, I don't think it's that at all. I think it's like this, they're lost. Hmm. And being lost, you look for this meaning and maybe you hear a friend or you, you read something or something tells you, hmm, there must be something more. And then you light a candle and then you feel nice. And then you maybe you're walking by an apothecary. I don't know. It, it, that's, that's the whole point of it, isn't it? They take different paths to this and I think it honestly brings a deeper consciousness and it doesn't matter who of what it, I, and that's the, I think the search is more important than uh, what they what they find in the end. So hmm. in that sense, um, definitely, I think there is a continuum of witchcraft, but I think it changes. And I think every generation has a right to define it in their own terms. And that's a point of the film. I never wanted it to be. Uh, saying, oh, they're following Gardnerian, which is why I knew when Laura wasn't going to follow that she's just making her own, finding her own path through it. And for me, that's fascinating too, because, you know, God knows we're all sick of uh, mainstream religion. And I think this film is really an expression of that. I I loved it that you had that Gardnerian sequence in there. I was way back in the early 80s when I first got into witchcraft, I was trained in a Gardnerian coven and it was very funny for me now because I practice a very different style of witchcraft at this point to see that represented on screen again. And like you say, it is very somewhat rigid. It's a very different style of witchcraft than what I'm doing now. And I thought that was interesting to see Laura's exposure to that and then her awareness of, oh, well, maybe this isn't really for me. I'm going to find my own path. The um, What you're talking about, about the search, 
I think that's true in any era, whether it's in the 60s or in the 80s or today. Even though there's a lot of stuff out there, it all comes down to your personal connection. Like, who is that person that I meet? Who's that first witch that I meet? Uh, where is that witch store that I first go into? Uh, these are still the touchstones that a lot of us uh, have and uh, always have. And it was interesting to see that in the current generation as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really think uh, it is very important for each person to find their own path towards their own spirituality or whatever, whatever word you want to call it these days. Yeah, yeah. And I like the, um, for want of a better term, the analog aspect of it, because we hear so much today about digital witchcraft, people on TikTok and things like that. And yet these women in the film were not talking about that. They were talking about their personal experience, their physical experiences, their travels to and connection with. I thought that was a really great approach to take, as opposed to just leaning towards, oh, every, all the young witches today are on TikTok, you know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> What, um, uh, oh, I just had a question. Now I've totally lost it. Um, okay, Danielle, can I edit this part out? <laughs> um, I ran across a quote from the Globe and Mail that said, uh, Coven is an examination of contemporary witchcraft that aims to destigmatize the practice. Do you feel you succeeded with that, with the documentary? I can't say categorically that, yes, I succeeded because... I have no idea. Um, I attempt something and then it's left to the audiences, I think, uh, to decide. And this film has just started its festival circuit and then it'll be on TV, it'll go across the world. And I just think we need to change the way, th just if, you can, if I can open one person's mind in the audience, I think I have succeeded because I remember I was telling my cousin that I'm going to make a film on witches and she told her friend and they're like, why witches? My God, why witches? So I'm thinking if that reaction can be a bit less, then I've done my job, you know, hmm. because it's, it is bizarre when uh, you say witchcraft and people are like, whoa, it's the dark arts, which hmm. is, is, is fun too. I'm not, I'm not denying that. But I do think that we've marginalized um, the whole craft itself. You know, there's, it's terribly fascinating to me that after all these years, we still have this gap between perception and reality. Uh, what people think witchcraft is, what they see it represented as in Hollywood, uh, but then what the day-to-day -day practice of it is and what the intention of it is, which is, you know, miles away from what Hollywood is always talking about. Uh, that gap is so rich in storytelling that I'm glad you did this. And this is the power of the documentary, again, is that you can reach people in communities who don't have that witch bookstore, who don't have uh, a public coven that they connect with. Uh, through this kind of a documentary, you can tell these stories and you can connect with people. And I think that's very powerful. And that's that's one of the powers of the doc. And uh, one of the reasons I love this documentary revival that we're in the middle of as well. Yes, I absolutely think documentaries are such an antidote to Hollywood. And I think Hollywood has been solely responsible for the image that you just spoke about, about, you know, the woo-woo side of witches is all yeah. manufactured. <laughs> <laughs> that, might, that might be a name of a future book, the woo-woo side of witches. I love that. Um, so you had mentioned uh, other festivals that were coming up. So how can people see this documentary moving forward? 
Um, we have a few more months of uh, festivals. Uh, I think we are going to go into a couple of festivals in England. We're still waiting for confirmation on that. But it will be soon, very soon, on CBC Documentary Channel. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's a great way for a great number of people to be able to see it. I like the um, the international aspect. Just I realize time is wrapping up here, but I do like the international aspect uh, as well. Um, when you use the term witch, as your own background shows, um, it means different things in different cultures. And I think it's great that you've got people from different ethnicities in this film. You've got the Romanian witch, you've got uh, Lilani. Uh, it's nice to see that brought in as well. And I love the sequence at uh, the Black Witch University in New Orleans. I really wanted more of that. I think we could have had a, a whole subsect of this uh, story just about Black Witch University because that seems like such a bold idea. Absolutely. You know, I really want to make an entire series uh, and, and have different, like, you know, go to Haiti, go to different parts of the world and make films about witches. I would absolutely do that. Uh, I hope CBC is listening so they can fund me for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you had mentioned Nigeria earlier. Like, yes, there's, it's very real and very different cultures. To use the term which can have literally life-threatening complications, uh, depending which culture you're in. In Canada, we are very fortunate that we have legal representations and protection uh, as practicing witches. But that is not the same uh, case in countries around the world. Yeah, Exactly. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I realize our time is almost done. I just um, wanted to say, uh, you said yeah. the different meanings of the word witch. For me, witch has always meant strong power. Oh. So I just wanted to say, absolutely, for me, that's what it means. And I hope the film uh, goes to um, bringing that out. I, You know, if that became the uh, synonym for witch moving forward from this point, I would love that. Because for so long... Uh, which has meant so many other things, but it isn't about power. It isn't about strength. And yet for the practitioners of it, that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Yes. Fantastic. Uh, Rama, great. Uh, fantastic conversation. Thank you. Really Thank you so much. That was great. Yeah. Uh, just before we uh, duck out here, Daniela, is there anything else you wanted to cover? No, we don't. Sorry, Daniela. I think what uh, the producer and they, I think producers trying to get more time because the more time we get, the more festivals, but no, we don't have a date. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, Ingrid, I think we'll do a PR round. She'll definitely send like a blast uh, before it comes on air because we definitely have a PR round coming up before it goes on air. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. Congrats. Thank you, John, for your wonderful questions. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Rama, thank you so much for your answers. Uh, I thought they were very insightful and you had a great, uh, great story to tell. And I'm so pleased that we were able to see this documentary because I'd heard about it. And I'm like, how can I see this doc? <laughs> so... <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I would encourage you if you're interested, uh, dip into the NFB archives and look up Goddess. Remember, yes, you know it's so funny. I didn't want to say it when um, when we were actually chatting. Yeah, no yeah. one has come to me and said look up look up those uh, films. Wow, because yeah. they were really they really were transformational when they came okay. out. Okay, uh, ninety. Oh, yeah, yeah. Three films, eighty nine to ninety two, and it 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 what they did was exact opposite of what you have done. Okay. They were talking head experts, using archival okay. footage, uh, talking to people, important people, and you went with the lived experience Yeah, aspect. see, I didn't want to do that. You know, witches are coming from the journey or discovery. There has to be something so much more. Otherwise, why would you watch? So, yeah, for yeah. me, that was very important that it was an ongoing, unraveling journey. Sure, fantastic. And that certainly came through, like the journey, the personal journey, the spiritual journey, but then the physical mm -hmm. journey of going around the world as well. Yeah. Uh, boy, that really... That we got lucky. Oh. It's not me at all. I, you, I take no credit for it. Yeah, for you to be able to witness that uh, that Romanian ritual, that oh my must be just fantastic. She... Oh, Oh, yeah. she was amazing. Oh, you know that that the place where she says uh, Dracula's head is in, in the, yeah. that lake was the spookiest place I've ever been in my God. Really? Yeah. So yeah, did it no, did that, it literally feel that when you were there? Did you feel yeah? You know, chill? so two places in make no wait three places. So in the making, and I consider myself you know fairly scientific minded. Blah blah. blah. Of course, there are things out there that I'd like to discover, but I consider myself fairly. Um, uh, not uh, too naive. So when I was in that Dracula forest, I swear to God, I felt it. I felt it. The crew looked at me and it went over us, you know, this 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 presence. I don't know what it was. I, I And the thing is, I don't think the English language has words for that. Hmm. Yeah. And then the second time I felt that was in the Scottish um, graveyard, you know, that really ancient graveyard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I felt so, so creeped out. Like I could feel presences near me. And I was like, dude, don't leave me here and go. <laughs> and then the New Orleans ritual as well. That was the other thing. Like having, yes. exposing the audience to these different forms and different styles of ritual mm -hmm. was really fantastic mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. uh, between the Gardnerian, the Romanian and the, the New Orleans. Uh, it was a nice little cross section of how different people practiced uh, and performed public rituals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, we had a lot of fun, and I think our characters too had a lot of fun. And yeah, I, I'm very proud of it. Great, great. Well, oh, we research like we do. We have a whole uh, set slew of researchers while we make the film. And uh, the producer, so how I work with is I always work with a big, big production company and the producer and I would say, okay, let's, because we made a big film about burlesque, which you'll find on the website, on the producer's website. So when we make such films, we hire a lot of researchers and they send us subject matter, like content, you know, we go through it. And I said, okay, this is what I want. I want someone to take me through New Orleans, like I'm a tourist, but I also want them to be a witch. I don't want, you know, rubbish from just nonsense tourism. That, that's not what I'm here for. And we, uh, we looked at YouTube videos of a lot of these people and Robbie was the most interesting. And I love, and like, again, we thought he was, oh, he speaks well, you know, he's funny. He's, he's, and then it ha so happens he was a twice ordained <laughs> voodoo priest. Now, I did not know that going in. And he just says these things, you know. 
And I think that's really, like I said, documentary, either that's when you know it's it's going to be a film and it's your instinct. You just go with something and you either fall on your face or you come out with a fairly <laughs> decent film. Who knows? Sure. I have no idea. <laughs> well, that's the, that's that uh, the real people, real stories aspect of it. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it and, you know, happy to have my uh, film have more audiences. In fact, I'm currently adapting the film into a TV fictional series. Oh, really? Yeah. I should have said that. I know I should have said that in the podcast, but that's okay. Absolutely. What? <laughs> okay. So what's your concept with turning it into a fictional series? Is it going to same same structure following three young women's uh, journey into witchcraft? No, I'm actually still exploring how to fictionalize this film because hmm. I want a young woman to be exploring her which witchy family side yeah you know to come into her and i want her to be in denial of her cultural roots because for me growing up like i said um the, <laughs> we were shown a little uh, there was a little temple outside our traditional family home and we were all all the girls in the family were told you have a female spirit guarding you and she looks after you and you look after her and you and every time my mother made a meal she would put a little in that little temple so I thought, why not? Why don't I bring that female guardian spirit into the story? And then we also have a, a in Hinduism we believe in a vampire called mm. Vetal, mm. and he's a very smart talking vampire. Like it's not about blood and gore; it's more about wit <laughs> and humor. And I thought, how fascinating would that be if my protagonist goes into the subterranean world? Maybe she's looking for her grandmother who's lost, and she brings her back to the land of the living. And uh, this this very self-aware vampire helps her. But then he comes back, and he wants to f- stay with the human beings. You know, he fa- maybe he falls in love. So I've actually, just before this podcast, I've been uh, reading up all the vampire shows that's been out there, and I mm. want to do something totally different. <laughs> Yeah, no blood, but a lot of, you know, wit and uh, uh, adventure, I think it would be something I'd love to see. So, yeah, I'm still still working my way through it. Hey, fantastic. You know, the cross-cultural aspect of it is, is great. And uh, the idea of, um, you know, I was thinking of when you're talking, I was thinking about uh, CBC sort of as a series and where it's breaking new stories about trans representation within a specific cultural grouping. And uh, drawing on that as a background would be great because most of the witches we see in pop culture are white. So it'd be great to be able to break that stereotype and have witches drawn from other cultures, telling other stories based on their own upbringing and how that dovetails with modern witchcraft. That's yes, great. absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to do that. And I think there's so much there that's unexplored. So I'm very excited by that. Yeah, that's great. Well, Rama, I wish you all the best with your future projects with this documentary as well and with developing the series. I think it'll be pretty exciting to watch where you go from here. Thank you so much, John. Lovely meeting you. Thank great. you, Daniela. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks, Rama. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Cauldron, and thank you to Rama Rao and John Threlfall for participating. I have put a link in the show notes to the Coven's website, where you can find information about when and where to watch. If next week's episode is not the panel discussion on social media, then we are taking an oral journey through the Museo Leonora Carrington in San Luis Potosi. 
If you want to learn a little more about the surrealist Leonora Carrington in advance, check out the episode details on sbat.tv, The Cauldron. There you will find links to two previous podcasts I have done on her writings and a teaser for the micro-documentary I am working on. You can find information on all upcoming episodes of The Cauldron at sbat.tv slash The Cauldron. Thank you. Thank you.